In a small village, a little girl with a fever that just won't break isn't responding to modern medicine and doctors, and she's getting worse. Her desperate parents take her to a healer, and after reciting prayers and burning local herbs, the fever breaks. Was it a miracle? Was it magic? Or was it Latin American witchcraft? Find out about healers, shamans, and witches in this episode of the Mysteries of Latin America podcast. Welcome to the Mysteries of Latin America, where we explore myths, legends, ancient sites, missing persons, and unsolved mysteries of North, Central, South America, and the Caribbean. My name is Andrew Colon, and after 30 years of exploring ancient sites here in Mexico, I've decided to dive headfirst into the rabbit hole of myths, legends, and mysteries not only here in Mexico, but in all of Latin America to share with the world. In this episode, we'll explore the mystical world of healers, shamans, and witches, from the Caribbean to the Andes, and discover the hidden world of magic and mystery that has captivated the imaginations of millions for centuries. When I was a kid, if I got sick or twisted an ankle or got an earache, I wasn't always whisked away to the doctor or hospital like some of my non-Latino friends did. My mom would often instead treat me and my siblings with a curious combination of teas, herbs, massage, and of course, Vicks Vaporub, which usually worked wonders. My brother and sister and I jokingly called my mom a witch doctor. We didn't know how right we might have been. Latin America is a curious mix of cultures, beliefs, and traditions. You have influences from the indigenous cultures of each area, along with the influences of cultures that conquered those areas, like Spain and Portugal, along with the very strong influence of African beliefs, introduced to these areas with the slave trade over hundreds of years. Calling some of the practices we're about to get into witchcraft, the way we've seen it shown in movies, isn't accurate or fair. Because for those who believe, this isn't about old women in pointy hats with black cats, turning people into frogs and fighting Voldemort. It's about highly trained and sensitive people using ancient beliefs and remedies that mingle medicine and spirituality into one big sancocho. And for those of you who don't speak or understand Caribbean-flavored Spanish, a sancocho is a big old stew. And different areas in Latin America have a different type of stew that they cook up each with its own unique flavors, beliefs, and rituals. Let's dive in and see what they're really about. A form of traditional healing that's practiced throughout Latin America, especially here in Mexico and in Central America, is curanderismo, which can loosely translate to folk healing. Curanderismo is a traditional healing practice that's been part of Latin American culture for centuries. This approach to health and wellness combines indigenous and external influences to treat physical, emotional, and spiritual ailments. The healers who practice it are called curanderos, and they weave elements of spirituality into their practice by using a combination of herbal remedies, prayer, 
and ritual to restore balance and harmony to the body, mind, and spirit. This practice has its roots in indigenous healing practices that have been passed down through generations over thousands of years. When European colonizers arrived in Latin America, they also brought their own medical traditions and practices. Over time, this type of healing evolved as a fusion of these different approaches, incorporating elements of Catholicism, European herbalism, and also African spiritual traditions. Now, one of the key elements of curanderismo is the use of medicinal plants and herbs to treat illnesses and injuries, like what I mentioned with my mother, who's originally from a rural area of Costa Rica. Curanderos can use herbs to treat everything from headaches and stomach aches to anxiety and depression. For example, if you're dealing with coughing, congestion, or asthma, a curandero could give you a tea made with eucalyptus. If you've been plagued by anxiety, insomnia, headaches, and migraines, you'd be given lavender for its calming effects. Or you might be given yerba santa, known as mountain balm or bear's weed, which could cleanse and purify your energy promote spiritual healing, and provide protection from negative energy. They may also use candles, prayer, and crystals as part of their healing rituals. Curanderos believe that many physical and emotional ailments are caused by spiritual imbalances, so they'll use prayer and ritual to restore harmony to the spirit. And in case you notice that my voice is a little on the scratchy side, I've had a bit of a throat situation for a while. My own little curandera at home has definitely made me lots of teas with chamomile, eucalyptus, rosemary, and maybe a little ritual burning of sage. And, I've got to admit, I'm much better. Now, one curandera who gained massive international recognition was Teresita Urrea. She was born in Mexico in 1873, the illegitimate daughter of a 14-year-old indigenous peasant and a wealthy aristocratic rancher, Don Tomás Urrea. When she was only 16, she had a serious illness and started having religious visions and believed that she had been given the power to heal the sick by the Virgin Mary. She then apprenticed under an older curandera and learned the powers of hypnosis and prophecy. She quickly gained a cult following and became known for healing people with infectious diseases that no doctor would cure or go near, like tuberculosis and leprosy. On one occasion, Urrea predicted an impending flood that happened shortly after and was venerated as a folk saint among the indigenous people. But she was accused of inciting the local people against the Mexican government at the time as she preached for equality and justice. She was such a threat that she was exiled from the country by 500 armed men by President Porfirio Diaz, who referred to her as a dangerous agitator and she fled to Nogales, Arizona, and then moved to El Paso, Texas, where she lived out the rest of her life and she healed as many as 200 patients every single day. In the area, she's still referred to as Santa Teresita, even though she was never recognized by the Catholic Church. While modern medicine has made amazing strides treating physical ailments, many people still turn to healers like curanderos for emotional and spiritual support as it addresses the needs of the whole person, rather than just treating symptoms. And now we turn to the brujos and brujas, the witches of Latin America. When my family got together with other Latino families back in the day to celebrate birthdays or holidays, 
At some point in the night, the room would go dead quiet once the adults started telling stories about brujeria from the old country, and I'd be listening at the top of the stairs, scared to death and completely enthralled. Probably the best-known form of witchcraft in Latin America today is simply called brujeria, and it can have both male and female practitioners. Brujeria has a rich, yet controversial history in Latin America. Its origins are much debated. Some say brujeria started in the Caribbean with the arrival of African slaves. Others say it's always been part of the indigenous cultures in the region. I think it's both. We forget how large and vast Latin America is. From Mexico to Argentina and encompassing the Caribbean islands, so many people, traditions and influence to mix and match and fuse over so many years. Brujeria is a complex, often misunderstood practice that much like the curanderos, combines indigenous and European traditions with African spiritualism, and it's practiced throughout Latin America with rituals and practices as varied as the people themselves. Brujeria involves the use of spells, rituals, herbs, candles, and talisman to heal, protect, or harm others. Brujeria has been a source of fear and fascination for centuries. Many people believe that brujas and brujos, or witches, have the power to harm others through the use of curses and hexes. However, others view brujeria as a means of healing and protection and seek out the services of brujos and brujas for spiritual guidance. The use of herbs and natural remedies is a key component of brujeria, and brujos and brujas use a variety of plants and herbs in their ointments, poultices, spells, and rituals to achieve their desired effects. For example, they might use the herb ruda, which in English we call rue, or herb of grace, to protect against evil spirits, or manzanilla, chamomile, to promote healing. Another important aspect of brujeria is the use of talismans and amulets, objects that are believed to have protective or healing properties, and you'd wear or carry one if you needed spiritual guidance or protection. Common talismans and amulets could include crystals, coins, necklaces, or even animal bones. Here in Mexico, some of the most famous practitioners of brujería in the country are the Brujos of Catemaco. Located in the eastern state of Veracruz, Catemaco is a small town known for its traditions of witchcraft. Every year, thousands of people flock to Catemaco to seek the services of the Brujos there. Now, unlike other witches around Latin America, the Brujos of Catemaco are exclusively male witches or sorcerers. They're known for their use of herbs, amulets, and other spiritual tools to help their clients achieve their desires, whether it be love, success, or protection from harm. If you want to attract or keep someone in a relationship, you might ask a brujo for an amarre, a binding spell. If you've been having horrible luck, you'd ask for a limpia, a spiritual cleansing, to rid you of bad juju. While some view the brujos of Catemaco as charlatans, others absolutely believe in the power of their spells and rituals. A figure that's sometimes associated with brujería, especially in Mexico, is La Santa Muerte, and in English she's referred to as Holy Death or the Saint of Death. She's often depicted as a skeleton dressed in robes, carrying a scythe, and surrounded by offerings and symbols. Some practitioners of brujería view La Santa Muerte as a powerful spiritual figure, who can provide protection, luck, or assistance in matters of love, money, or health. 
While the veneration of La Santa Muerte has gained popularity in recent years, it isn't without controversy. The Catholic Church and other religious authorities have criticized the practice as a form of idol worship and a deviation from Christian teachings. Law enforcement officials have linked the worship of La Santa Muerte to criminal activities, including drug trafficking and violence, and you might notice images of La Santa Muerte on TV shows and in the movies. And from healers and witches, we look to the shamans of Latin America. In Latin American cultures, a shaman is a spiritual leader who's an intermediary between the human and spirit worlds. The shaman is also typically a healer, a counselor, and a guide with the ability to communicate with the supernatural realm through various means, such as trance, meditation, or the use of hallucinogenic substances. The role of the shaman varies across different regions and ethnic groups. In some indigenous communities, the shaman might also be called a curandero or curandera, a healer, and cures physical and emotional ailments by using traditional herbal remedies and spiritual practices. In South America, the shaman might be referred to as a paje or paye, and performs rituals and ceremonies to maintain balance and harmony between the human and spiritual worlds. Some shamanic figures have gained international recognition for their work. For example, Eduardo Calderón, also known as the Jaguar Shaman, who is based in Ecuador. He gained popularity after leading ceremonies for visitors seeking shamanic experiences, including the use of ayahuasca, an intense hallucinogenic plant medicine traditionally used by indigenous communities in the Amazon. While it's challenging to pinpoint one shaman as the most famous in Latin America, one woman clearly stands out as far as Latin American shamans go. Her name was Barbara Guerrero, but people back in the mid to late 20th century in Mexico simply knew her as Pachita. The works and wonders attributed to Pachita are so much that she's going to get her own episode here on the podcast very soon. But as a teaser, just know that she was linked to the main figure in our first podcast, Dr. Jacobo Grimberg who mysteriously disappeared back in the 90s as his research was just on the verge of a major breakthrough in the study of human consciousness and what he called the hologram or the matrix, thanks to working with Pachita. As a healer, Pachita was credited with healing thousands with her highly unusual and mystical practices. You will not want to miss that show. Now, if you only think that healers, witches, and shamans only exist south of the border, think again. The U.S. isn't without its own similarities. In southern states like Louisiana, Virginia, Arkansas, Mississippi, the Carolinas, and Maryland, you'll find an age-old practice that many people call hoodoo. Hoodoo is a set of spiritual practices, traditions, and beliefs created by enslaved Africans in the United States from various traditional African spiritualities, Christianity, and elements of Native American botanical knowledge. And yes, there are links between hoodoo and voodoo, which we'll look at soon in an upcoming episode. Hoodoo is also a spiritual system that mixes elements from Christianity and African religions, but it also even incorporates elements of Islam brought over by enslaved West African Muslims. Practitioners of hoodoo can be called root workers, conjure doctors, conjure men or women, root doctors, hoodoo doctors, and swampers. One of the most well-known hoodoo practitioners 
was a woman named Marie Laveau, who lived in New Orleans in the 19th century. She was known as the Voodoo Queen and was believed to have powerful magical abilities. Laveau was known to use hoodoo in her practice, along with elements of African spirituality and Catholicism. Now, if you've noticed that the line between healers, witches, and shamans blur and overlap, it's because they do. Curanderos, shamans, and brujos, or witches, are all healers who work with spiritual and natural remedies to address physical, emotional, and spiritual ailments. However, there are some key differences in their practices and cultural contexts. Curanderos are traditional healers who draw from indigenous, African, and Christian traditions to address physical, emotional, and spiritual illness. They work with various remedies, including herbal medicine, massage, prayer, and ritual, and may also incorporate divination, spiritual cleansings, and other practices to diagnose and treat illnesses. Shamans are traditional healers found in various indigenous cultures in Latin America, but they're also found all over the world, including Siberia, Central Asia, North and South America, and Africa. They are spiritual intermediaries who work with spirits and other supernatural entities to heal individuals and whole communities. Shamanic practices might include divination, astral projection, soul retrieval, and energy healing. In some cultures, like Native American groups, shamans can also be known as medicine men or medicine women. Brujos, on the other hand, are practitioners of brujería, a term to use various forms of folk magic and witchcraft practiced in Latin America and other regions with a history of indigenous, African, and European cultural influences. The practice of brujería might include the use of charms, spells, divination, and other forms of spiritual work to address personal or social issues. And while there might be overlap in the practices and beliefs of curanderos, shamans, and brujos, there are also significant differences. For example, curanderos and shamans might work within a more established cultural and spiritual tradition, while brujas and brujos might draw from a wider range of influences and practices. Also, while curanderos and shamans might focus on healing and spiritual work, brujas and brujos might be involved in other activities, such as divination or the manipulation of spiritual energies for personal gain. It's important to approach each of these practices with sensitivity and respect for the cultural traditions they represent. And while for some people this is nothing more than hocus-pocus or mumbo-jumbo, for many people in Latin America, it's as real as you or I. If you have a story about a healer, witch, or shaman you'd like to share with us, drop us a line here at the podcast by email at andy at andycancun.com. That's andy at andycancun.com. As always, thank you and gracias for listening to and sharing the podcast so people from all over the world can learn a little more of the myths, legends, and mysteries of Latin America. I'm Andrew Colon. Adios. Thank you.